And here, let me tell you the reasons. There's at least six reasons I could think of. One, number one, is that the resurrection affirms the prophetic word of God. You know, uh, it was King David who wrote a thousand years before Christ was born in Psalm 16, 9 and 10, that God would not allow his Messiah, his Holy One, to undergo to get grave. He said he would not be abandoned in Sheol, and he would not undergo decay. That means he wouldn't be in the grave long enough. That was a thousand years. Peter, in Acts chapter 2... And I, I wanted to say something. That's yeah. the difference between his resurrection and the resurrection that he did on his friend Lazarus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, Lazarus wasn't prophetically declared uh, that he would be resurrected, but Christ was thousands of years before. Right, but wasn't didn't he start to have some decay by the time he was, because uh, he well, would have been four or five? They were concerned about the smell because it was four days. Yeah, yeah. so he wasn't three days. He was an extra day, yeah. and there's some a little bit of significance behind that. Go yeah. ahead. I didn't so, mean to yeah, interrupt Christ, you on that. Christ rose from the grave instead of the you know staying in that grave and decaying. And Peter, when he preached the great sermon on uh, uh, the day of Pentecost, quoted that passage, Psalm 16, 9 and 10. And he said that David, being a prophet, did not speak of himself because we have his grave with us now. Hmm. He said, but he was speaking of Christ and his resurrection. So Peter just affirmed that. And then the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 13 quoted that same passage to vindicate the resurrection. So it's important. Uh, Jesus himself, by the way, on the way to Jerusalem, said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be arrested and I'm going to be tortured and I'm going to be crucified. But on the third day, I'm going to raise again. So he was prophetically speaking about it. If it didn't occur, then Jesus is not a good moral man. Right. He's a proven liar. Now, when he's on the cross yeah. and he's being crucified... Some of the things that he said, I think, confuse a lot of people, like the God, why who, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Um, can you dive into that a little sure. bit? Sure. That comes from Psalm 22. In Psalm 22, David, once again, it was almost like King David was standing at the foot of the cross, mm. even though it was a thousand years away. And he's describing, you know, they pierced my hands and my feet. He said, for my clothing, they cast lots. But he begins, oops, I'm sorry. I hit this. Sorry about that. Box. Oh, you're okay. Yeah, that's good. I like that you I use my hands a lot too, so it's all right. Yeah. He begins the psalm with those very words. You know, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Because at that time, uh, Blake, that was the very first time that there was a separation between God the Father and God the Son. Because at that moment, he was bearing all of our sins and the penalty of our sins on himself. And so at that point, that was the feeling that he was experiencing at that point. So that's an answer to that Psalm 22 passage and Christ repeating it on the cross. Good question, though. And I would even say what's interesting, because you brought up Peter in his great sermon, is that John very specifically puts, as they're going into, you know, uh, uh, Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. and Jesus is on the donkey. And now in those passages, and we just studied this at our church on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, but one of the things that's really cool is he said they did not know, they did not yet understand this, but would understand this 
after everything, which is what I, I think makes Peter, when he goes and does his, his, his proclamation of the gospel at Pentecost, so much more powerful because he, he did not understand what was all going on at that time, okay? And it also talks about the empowerment that I'm sure we're going to get into, but the empowerment that, that would happen um, with the disciples, because one of the things that I've, you know, when I talk to people who question Jesus or the gospel, I say the one thing that I really find, you know, not only part of the cornerstone of, of, of our faith, but because of that cornerstone, 12 men who had abandoned Jesus, right? They had abandoned Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane when he, when he gets arrested, and all but a couple of them are around when everything's going on, okay? But all those men would then willfully go through so much more to their deaths. Um, re- crucifixions themselves, being hung upside down, some some pretty gruesome things that happened to the disciples. If Jesus doesn't resurrect, then... That I, I just don't. Those guys don't have that. That, 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 that it was that part because they'd seen the resurrection of Lazarus, right? And so you would say, well, surely now they've seen him conquered. But it was when Jesus Himself conquered death, following prophecy, and all that laid out, that they then become men who, yeah. And on the day of Pentecost, they received the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And their whole perspective was changed. Let me read a portion of that yeah, please. sermon um, because I think it's better than me just talking about it, but rather to, if I can, share it with you. Listen to what he said. This is Peter now. Remember, uh, 50 days earlier, a girl said, aren't you one of the disciples? And he denied it and he was cursing and all kinds of other things. Right. Now, 50 days later, <laughs> he gets the Spirit of God. And listen to his words. He said, men of Israel, listen to the words. This Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. Hmm. This man delivered over by the predetermined plan and the foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. So that's a bold statement. He's talking to a Massive crowd of Jewish people, mm. many of which were there 50 days earlier for Passover. There are three pilgrimage feasts that you had to go to Jerusalem. One is the Passover, and the other one is, is uh, the tabernacle, and the other one is the Feast of Booths. Mm. And so all these Jewish men were there, thousands of them, and he's indicting them because many of them 50 days earlier were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And he's saying, you put him to death by the hands of godless men, that would be the Romans. But then he says, after that, but God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says to him, here's Psalm 16, the one that's a thousand years earlier, I saw the Lord always in my presence. He is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope because God will not abandon my soul to the grave nor allow the Holy One to undergo decay. Uh, You have made known to me the ways of life and you have made me full of gladness with your presence. So he quotes that psalm. And then Peter, uh, Peter comes and gives you the commentary. 
He said, brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding our patriot David that he both died and he's buried. His tomb is with us today. If you want to go and see that, he's saying it's with us today. And so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to set one of his descendants on his throne, that's the Davidic covenant, he looked ahead and he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. So he's saying that's in fulfillment of the scripture. Mm. And so that's a very significant thing. I can trust the prophetic word of God. I can trust the Bible. Right. Because I find all the prophecies. I think scholars say there's 328 Old Testament details about the life of Christ that are fulfilled in the New Testament. Just always affirming the reality and the truthfulness. Mm. Second reason is that the resurrection affirms the person of Christ. Right. Um, when he was raised from the dead, Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that he, it was affirmed, the resurrection by the power of the Spirit, he said in verse 4, affirms that Jesus is the Son of God. And the Son of God in the Jewish mind meant that he bore the same character traits as God the Father. So that was another affirming result. It affirms the integrity of the gospel. Right. Hey, thanks for uh, watching this short with us today. And if you like it, check out our full episodes on our uh, channel and website. Uh, We'll put those in the links below. And as always, Scott, like and subscribe. Or subscribe and then like. Whatever order you want, really. Whatever order you like. Thanks. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.